Welcome to the best time of the year. This is Free Basketball's 2020 NBA Mock Draft. I am your host, Ryan Meadows, and I am joined today, and only joined today, by one Mr. Daniel, Danny Wayne, Danny 15 Game Teaser. Greer, how are you, sir? You're welcome. You're welcome, ladies and gentlemen, that is just me. No Cody tonight. He is traveling. He was out of town last time. That's why uh, we got clarification why he didn't show up. So uh, still out. But tonight we are focusing in on the NBA draft. And so we thought it was time to finally share with the world all of our thoughts, good or bad, hot take or terrible take, mostly terrible probably, on this unpredictable and wild 2020 draft has already gotten wild because we already have a trade and it is not even draft night and it isn't even draft season and we already have a promise so we've already had to trade from the Oklahoma City Thunder trading Dennis Schroeder to the Lakers for the 28th pick so I don't know if that completely changed the mock draft that you have laid out Daniel didn't really do anything to mine but did it affect you a whole lot no, I don't know what I'm doing down there anyway. Neither do they. So, <laughs> we're all in the same boat. But yeah, teams in that mid to late 20s, they don't really know what they're doing regardless. So, uh, this draft could be extremely dated by the time it comes out tomorrow, which would be <laughs> Monday. After the trade mor- uh, moratorium is lifted at noon, I'm going to have to post this before noon, I believe, because if not, it's... By 3 o'clock, this might be completely off because we might have picks and players, all sorts of moving, and this could not even be the order that, you know, for the draft on Wednesday night. So we're still going to do this because it's still fun to talk about the players just to, you know, give our evaluations. So there's going to be a lot going on. We're going to try to move quickly, hopefully a lot quicker than this opener, but I'm going to shut up now. Um, for this draft, we are doing a rotating kind of a snake style draft not really a snake style i guess if you only have two people but we will be alternating picks and we will be also doing our favorite game smash or pass Mm. so what we have combined here is one of us are gonna make a pick give our little blurb about the player if we don't want to say anything about the player we don't have to or if we don't know anything about the player we don't have to (laughs) that's me (laughs) or we might get some help from the other person if we're not sure um i'm sure i'm gonna have to ask daniel about the duke players because i I know those probably i probably refuse to uh actually scout and break down the duke players but the Smash. other person, after <laughs> after they make the pick, the other person will say if they smash the pick or pass the pick. And if you've listened to us before, you mean smash, love it, pass, hate it. So I think this will be a lot of fun. We did not decide beforehand who was going to pick first. But before we even get into this, Daniel, do you have any kind of preconceived notions about this draft? Like, we've all heard that it is well-regarded as a weak draft, lacking a lot of star power. I've heard people, you know, um, some of the top 
draft breakdown guys saying that this isn't even a draft where a tier one type of guy is. It really starts at a tier two, which is an all-star, but, yeah. you know, not the super duper stars. So do you feel the same or what's kind of your general consensus about this class, incoming class? Yeah, I, I think you'll get, let's say, three all-star appearances out of this class, which that could be single appearances. But I also think that you're going to find some very good backup point guards in the league for 10-plus years. Hmm. But I don't see that there is a guy that just completely overwhelms once they are in this league for four or five years. Hmm. I think they'll be very good. I don't think they'll be an overwhelmingly awesome player such as Zion or even John Morant was this past year. So, so you don't think I think they'll be okay. Good. Don't think there's going to be a breakout like like Ja, for example, or like, oh my gosh, what is this? No. There's just going to be like, okay, yeah, he's ath- suitable, but you know, he has right. this limitation. Yeah, the athleticism in this draft, just looking at it, has potential. I think their ceiling is lower than the past drafts. And that's not saying they're not good players. I just think they can't reach the ceilings that other and uh, the potential that other players have had in the past. So, mm. um, but like I said, I think there's two or three that could, but I think that's it. Gotcha. Yeah, I. it kind of feels like everyone's over this draft already, which is kind of unfortunate for this class because we've been with them for so long that people have been scouting right. and breaking down, have been breaking them down for an extra, you know, eight months than typical. <laughs> so I think they're just kind of tired of this class and done with it. So everyone obviously is looking forward to 2021. That is supposed to be an ultra-loaded class. So this one always kind of gets, you know, this happens in NBA history where you have, you know, your weak class, quote-unquote, and then the next year is just like everyone loves that class. There's so many talented stars, 7 to 10 potential uh, all-stars plus in 2021, and everyone just kind of forgets this class. Um, but, I, but what I also think is kind of interesting to this is since we've had this layoff, no one's been able to make moves or trades. We've already seen from tonight that we already have a trade, and like Zach Lowe has broke this down or said this in his pods that a lot of GMs and teams are itching to make moves. Like they're just, they've been bored for so long. They're ready to shake right. things up. So it's weird to predict because not only do you have players who are considered um, or regarded as, you know, not as good of a talent, but a lot of them haven't played a whole lot. A lot of these players, we're just going off, you know, two months or three months of body of work. And even some like the top players like James Wiseman, he only played three games. And, you know, LaMelo Ball, who's considered the consensus number one pick, most likely, he played like 14 games overseas. And you have RJ Hampton did the same thing. So I think it's a really, really hard class to decipher, even though it is a weak draft class. But what makes it, like, this is why I love the draft, because teams always make terrible decisions, and this draft feels like it's going to be one of the more Wild West, you know, just anything and everything will happen 
and it may not even revolve around these players, but we have no idea what to expect because there is so much happening in such a short window that has, you know, right. taken so long to even get here. And now with the season starting in a month, now it's this truncated thing. Teams and GMs, I think, are going to go crazy. So we have a chance for this draft to be a lot of fireworks. Is that kind of how you see it? Or do you think it's going to be that a straightforward draft? So I think the hopes and expectations of everyone is that this is the craziest draft we've ever seen. It has the potential for the simple fact that they can't bring in the players like they have in the past. Um, on the uh, the Locker Room app, and, and I, we continue to give them a shout-out, go to the app, follow it, download it, uh, get on there and listen to people, listen to us. We're on there a lot. But the Warriors are a sponsor or um, I guess they're a partner almost with um, with the Locker Room app, and they have a show on there you know, multiple times throughout the week. And they were kind of explaining the ins and outs of the draft and how they literally will – pick up a kid from an airport, bring them in, drop them off at their um, their hotel, wherever they're being held at, and that and they can meet into, like a, I guess, a meeting room at the hotel. But they can't ever, like, do anything else. They can kind of watch them shoot. Like, there's not much, as it was in the past, where you can go take them out and, you know, y'all can go have a dinner or you could actually walk them around the facility. There is none of that anymore. So getting to know a player and his personality is pretty much out the window. Besides the travel time back and forth um, to the hotel and to the uh, the airport, so they they said it's very hard to find a player that you can kind of get to know just over those few days when you have them in for a workout. Um, so a lot of times they're depending on past coaches, other players. Um, and even their own players, if they knew them personally. And so I think you'll see a lot of that where these players are saying, hey, I like um, Anthony Edwards. Let's bring him in. I think we should go with Anthony Edwards over LaMelo because I know him personally. I think that's, you know, that's probably a bad comparison compared to uh, Jaden McDaniels, you know, somebody like that that you don't know as well. So I think this will be a draft where you'll see some random picks. You're like, okay, okay, that's weird, but I trust you because you're the Spurs. <laughs> or that's kind of weird, New York Knicks. Right. I think you're probably uh, getting something you're wrong. Reaching there. I, yeah. I don't know, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah, I. We'll see. I'm excited. The though. only caveat I have to this is that the the Timberwolves and Warriors have obviously been. The, the people that are putting their picks out there on the market for trade feelers to see who will offer what. And this is what happens when you get a not a consensus top pick is you have teams trying to trade out of that position, out of a position of weakness, in that they don't want to blow the pick, right? So they think it's better for them to move back and to select someone in the mid-lottery instead of taking the number one overall and potentially blowing the pick. And then, of course, they look like idiots and they get ridiculed. And so I th- I think there is possibility of that, and I really don't like that because it tells me that you're kind of a weak, sissy franchise if your GM's going to do right. that. At least right. your GM is. Like, if you like a player at one, don't be afraid to take him. 
Because I've always like obviously you right. have to factor in fit to your to your team, right? But I don't know if you're the same as me, but I always look more at potential. Like I want the best player on the board. I don't really care about you know necessarily fit unless it's someone like I have Kevin Durant. You know, I'm not going to take yeah. the best small forward I can find. You know, now I might if yeah. I can do them in different positions and. Um, but I've I've always been more of the talent. Yeah, I, I think it depends on your team. Um, if you are a Charlotte Hornets, you're looking at best player available, no matter what. Um, highest upside, uh, biggest talent, highest ceiling, all those um, that you're that you're actually looking to get. Just somebody that just is raw that you could develop that has just crazy intangibles. But if you are the Brooklyn Nets, per se, and you just, you know, and you have not played with this team yet, and you have KD and Kyrie, you have enough scoring or enough of a certain thing that you're like, all right, we have DeAndre Jordan and we have Jared Allen. So we have two bigs that we already have on our roster that could play. We have KD and Kyrie, who one has a point guard and one is probably one of the best, if not the best basketball player in the world. So if you have that, what are we looking for? We need to go get a 3 and D guy if he's available. Right. If there's not one, then you look at we need a, uh, an outside perimeter shooter. So that's I think that's what's different uh, than some, some teams compared to others. But depending on your franchise and where you're set up, I think you can actually go ahead and get the actual player you need that fits your system better compared to just getting you know whoever that you think might be the best talent. And they might still be the best talent on the board, but if they don't fit your system, I just think sometimes that just, you're just kind of fighting a battle that, you know, just does not make sense. Here is some random nerd stuff I looked up. Um, now, nerd alert. Some, nerd alert. some of this research is from uh, another site. I, I should probably give them a shout out, but I can't remember who it was, so I'm sorry. We'll probably talk about our picks for Rookie of the Year while we're doing this, but if you had to guess the average draft position for who was typically Rookie of the Year in every draft class, what number would you say it would be? Probably number one. <laughs> it's actually the fourth. Like if there's a top three. Oh, really? Average draft, wow. average draft position for the Rookie of the Year is 4.4 basically so it's wow typically the fourth pick in the draft is your rookie of the year which i thought was super interesting here's the statistics to where i get why these teams would want to trade down in a weak draft uh but just some little mild statistics about choosing in the top three so since 1980 all right here is the percentage from the first th three picks that have eventually become all-stars. So if you pick, if you're pick number one, statistically, you have a 76% chance of making an all-star team. Wow. The second pick, 30%. The third pick, 40%. Wow. You have better statistical odds to make an all-star team in your career if you're picked third instead of second, which makes it super interesting for the Warriors 
Because it seems like, yeah. you know, after the consensus guy goes number one, everyone screws up that second pick. And I think that's yeah. why the Warriors are so keen on trading it because they know the history of this. <laughs> they know the history of this, and the history of it is not very good. I'll go even further. Since 2000, only six number two picks have made an all-star team. You want to hear the list? Please. Tyson Chandler, Kevin Durant, LaMarcus Aldridge, Victor Oladipo, and this past year, Brandon Ingram and D'Angelo Russell. Before this past year, there was only four who have ever made a pick who were selected number two. So maybe what I'm talking about is this number two pick could be very, very pivotal. For whoever but. trades up or for the Warriors for their future. Because history says if they take this pick and keep it and they're expecting him to be their next franchise guy, it's a bust. Statistically. Well, I got something to crap on your statistics. <laughs> His name is Ja Morant. Mm, he's not one yet, mm. but he is trending he's to be not, one. He could be the seventh. He's going to be. He could be the he seven. Be. He could be nope, the seven. He's gonna be. <laughs> All right. Could be that boy is a bad boy. Should we get into this? I feel like we had enough filler at the top to kind of talk about the draft a little bit. Do you think the people are ready? Oh, they're ready. It's been what eighteen minutes ish. They probably listened to this. Done over it. Listen to us. Let's get going. They've probably honestly skipped to just this part. So they probably skipped the first 20 minutes of this, but yeah, that's fine. Let's do this. Welcome, people. Welcome (laughs) to the draft. (laughs) Free basketball, mock draft. I'm Ryan. That's Daniel. We're doing this. Pick number one. (laughs) Would you like the honors of going first, or would you like me to go first? Um... I'm gonna let you go first because I went first um, the other okay. night on when I had to do. So All right. you go first. So alternating picks. Now I am picking my. When we did our little individual mock drafts, I did mine based on talent. I'm doing this based on yeah. what I think the teams will take. I'm not doing it based on talent because my board would look different. But on and Wednesday no nights, uh, yeah, good caveat. Yeah, and no, no, no trades. Like I said at the top, we've already had a trade for a pick. There could be a lot more, so this could be <laughs> very outdated very, yeah. very quickly. But we are assuming there is no other trades that we know of coming in. So um, yeah. regardless of who the team is, maybe the team might be wrong if they move up in the top 10, but assume that the player is still going to go in the same kind of window. So yeah. And honestly, so, some of these teams could actually jump up and take this guy that we fit them with. Because right. you know somebody makes another move that we didn't expect on a player to make them want to jump up and and do a trade, so they might actually get this same player. It you know there's so much you know that Just could actually might be change. Two spots but, higher, uh, or who knows? Yeah, exactly. Or two spots down, who knows? Uh, right. But number one with the Minnesota Timberwolves, I have them keeping the pick. Like we said, no trades. <laughs> And I do have them selecting LaMelo Ball, number one. And it's really just because of his elite passing ability. I mean, he's 6'7", has great game feel, 
not a great shooter. I mean, he has a weird hitch to his shot like Lonzo, but I just think he's going to be a good point guard that is going to help a team, maybe not be like a franchise-changing, transcendent kind of point guard, but I think he is going to be a top-tier point guard just because of the size. I think the shot will come around, and I think he is an elite passer, and we will see that when he's paired next to D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns. So I think the Timberwolves will be happy to have LaMelo instead of trading it. And I think he will fit in well with them, with their team. And I think he has a little bit higher ceiling than Lonzo. So Lonzo is a good basketball player, not a great one. I kind of project the same for LaMelo. A good basketball player, not a great one, but an elite skill in his passing and vision, which will open up the Timberwolves. Smash or pass? Is that the no. Family Feud buzzer? It's <laughs> the Family Feud buzzer. <laughs> Is it really? And I say, pass. Pass. Okay. Yeah, I um not big on uh, Lamelo. I'm okay. just not. I think he's okay. Right. Um, I just think he's going to be an average player that has too much hype. And if it's on a Minnesota team who has a point guard, realistically who needs the ball to be successful, who already has the relationship with the big guy on the team, why mess that up? Add somebody in that they can bring in and develop, not somebody in that's come to try to take their spot. Not saying he's trying to take D'Angelo Russell's spot. I just think that they're in the same position. They both need the same thing. He is not the guy who, uh, LaMelo is not the guy who plays off ball. So that means that you have to have the ball in LaMelo's hand most. And then out of D'Angelo Russell's hand, that doesn't make sense. So um, for that, I pass. With the second pick, so. Golden State Warriors. LaMelo's off the board. With the number two pick in <laughs> the 2020 NBA draft, I bring you James Wiseman. Wiseman. James Wiseman. James Wiseman, I think he is potentially... One of the best players in the draft. I also think he is the best big in the draft with the most potential. And I think he will be one of the three all-stars that come out of this draft class. And so with that, you surround him around, you know, just the offense, the, the tsunami of Golden State. And I think that he benefits from them. And this is a position that he never would have dreamed he could have been in. And they would have never thought they would have been in this position either. But because of that, I take James Wiseman, and this will be better off, off overall for all of them. I absolutely smash this because smash. I had the exact same pick. Seven foot okay. one, 250 pounds. Yes, he only played three games in NCAA this year. And I think this is why he is being scrutinized because nobody's really seen him all these nerds on the internet only judge what they can't see and so when we talk about a player here in a little bit from usc this is why he's getting this talk that he's better than wiseman because people have a body of work that they could see 
So people are not right. good. Most of the people on the internet are not good at evaluating what they don't see. And so most people on the internet who think Okongwu, I'm just going to say the name, is better than yeah. James Wiseman, not only is stupid, no. they're idiots. And But I also can't blame them because why would I expect them to know anything about Wiseman? Uh, so right. I, I give them a soft pass for right now. Uh, but I think Wiseman is going to be a fantastic player. I think teams are trying to move up in the top picks to get him because you only take a big like this in a top draft if you think he's um, a generational talent. And yeah, I think Wiseman, I think Wiseman is 100% a generational talent. He will have to get better on defense, obviously. Everyone who comes in the NBA always has to get better at defense, but he could be an incredible rim protector. He is humongous. He runs the floor like a gazelle. He's super athletic, and he's competitive as all get out. I would take him number yeah. one if I could, and I would be doing whatever I could to get him. But yeah. I get it. People are scared after three games, and those people are dumb. But – he will prove them wrong. <laughs> um, absolutely smash that one. Great pick by the Warriors. They're set for the next 10 years. Number three, the Charlotte Hornets. I have them taking mm. the last of the tier two type player, and that is one Anthony Edwards, 6'4", combo guard, averaged almost 20 points a game on a terrible Georgia team. Everybody raves about his athleticism, NBA-ready body. He gets downhill, attacks the rim. I guarantee you he will posterize some poor soul in the NBA who is just not expecting him to be able to do that. The only problem that I notice with him when watching him in film or seeing him in interviews is he absolutely 100% believes he's on LeBron James' alpha male level. And he's Very just so. not. And so my my question with him, obviously he has the range and can shoot it out there, even though he wasn't a great shooter, but he was playing for an awful Georgia team that had no one else around him. His shot attempts and looks are going to get much better on a spread out NBA floor. The problem is that everyone has is he seems to not have a great motor. His personality is kind of goofy to me. And if you've your whole life been the number one option, we said this before on our superlatives, if you listen to our episode last week, but just to hit it again, drive it home. If you think you're an alpha your whole life because you have been, and then you go to a team that has a couple alphas, and obviously you're not, that's a hard transition to make. And right. I, I, he already is kind of prone mentally to just kind of falling in and out of games and doesn't give the most effort all the time. So I don't know how well that translates to the NBA. I would rather have a guy who maybe it's not peak athletically, but will give me something every day in practice or in workouts like a Jimmy Butler. So Anthony Edwards, yeah. I think is you have to take him here. If you're the Hornets, I don't see why MJ would pass on this kind of player. Um, but He's kind of the, the the third best to me is Anthony Edwards. Yep, and I smash that. And I think somebody, the team that's in the best position in this entire draft is the Charlotte Hornets because mm. they're going to come away with LaMelo, James Wiseman, or Anthony Edwards. And they can use all three because they're not a great team at all. 
they had the need for those positions. And so I think that overall, no matter what trades happen, they will come away with one of those three players. And I think they'll just take the whatever's left over, and they'll be fine with that. So um, good for them. Uh, Staying in this position, I don't think they trade out of this position. So there's no reason to make any stupid trades. But realistically, they could be helped the most from either James Wiseman or Anthony Edwards. And so I think they'll get one of those two players. Mm, so Agreed. Now, number four, the Chicago Bulls. Everyone has said that the draft starts at pick number four because it really depends on what the Bulls are going to do. All the dominoes fall into place after that. Or it could be, you know, the Bulls completely flip the domino table over and everything's scattered. So, with your fourth pick, you're on the clock again. (laughs) Are you going to do that for everyone? With the number one four pick. (laughs) Number one four pick? I said the number four pick. (laughs) So, with the number four pick in the 2020 NBA draft, the Chicago Bulls select Denny Avdia out of somewhere, not in the United States. (laughs) Israel, I believe, is what that will be. (laughs) Sure, wherever. Um he is a uh, he, he can play multiple positions. He has size, shooting, playmaking. He has what you need to grab that player who has the potential. And that's what the Chicago Bulls are going to go after is potential. They need somebody that has potential cuz right now I don't know who they have. Like Colby White, he's okay. He's a point guard. Zach Levine, um, dog. Wendell Carter. Laurie Markkinen. Exactly. I like Wendell Carter. He can be an okay four. Probably going to end up mostly in his career as a backup big, a very good backup big. Mm. But that's pretty much it. Um, So in this draft, I think you take the best player available. I think this guy has potential. He's not on my board the Mm. best player. Mm. But I think that. Everybody is kind of getting there in their in their field spot for this guy. And so I think they go after Denny here. It's been rumored that they're gonna go after Denny with the number four pick, you know, from probably the last, you know, two, three months, honestly. So I think they go after him and I think he'll be actually a good player. It just might take him a year or two to get his NBA body. But the way these European guys are coming over now and, and starting and taking over I know you love this. Go ahead and get your smash button ready, baby. Uh, This is my first hard pass. I am so off Abdija. It's it's ridiculous. I mean, yes, he's 6'9", but he's very slender. Sure, he can handle it and pass it. That's cool. Um, Shoots 58% from the free throw line and cannot shoot. And one of the biggest indicators of shooting ability is free throw percentage. And hmm. you shoot sub 60% on free throw. I don't know how I feel about, you know, the trajectory of your shooting ability. And then if you are a tall, skinny, uh, multi-positioner, positional player who can't shoot, what are you really? And... 
I'm not but. sure if he really contributes. Obviously, I don't think he contributes right away, obviously, especially to a team right. who might be thinking about winning. But I agree with you on the part that if he's going to be something, he's going to need a couple years of a team to be patient and develop him. I actually think that he's already kind of peaked. And wow, I, there's your first hot take. Whoa. I I don't know how, like, obviously he could shoot better, and that would make him look better. But skill-wise and what he can already do, I don't really know if there's anything else he can really do more at a higher level. So, obviously, that league he was playing in was not a great league. And he put up very mediocre stats. So if you're going to play in a mediocre Europe league, you need to be dominant and stand out. And any kind of film or even highlights, he just doesn't stand out to me. So he's a super pass for me. But he probably has to be taken here. So I'm okay with the pick. I just pass on the player. Hmm. (laughs) But that leads me... What? You upset? I was going to say that, no, I'm not upset at all. I, I think that was a uh, pick that they're going to make, whether I like it or not. But he is going to be, as we all know, the stats are always true. He's going to be the rookie of the year. Woo! Boy, oh boy. <laughs> I will not put a penny down on that one. <laughs> Next, the fifth pick, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, I had this player going to the Bulls, but I just switched him down one, so it doesn't mess up my big board too bad. But I have the Cavs taking, who falls into their lap, one Mr. Obi Toppin. And Mm. he is a pretty athletic player, explosive jumper, runs the floor pretty well, got great hands. I don't think he'll ever be a good defender. He's I've said to you before, I think he's a little wooden. Um, he's more upright, and so that's a little bit of a problem. People have like softly compared him to Amari Stoudemire, and I just don't see that at all. Um, I don't know how much you worry about him being a 22-year-old sophomore. I don't worry about it because you know people develop later than some people, and some you know some are fast, you know, eat, like bloom sooner. And some take some time to develop. Yeah. So I don't care that he's 22. I'm just more worried about how he looks kind of stiff to me in lateral movement, even though vertically he's NBA ready. But I think this could be your potential for rookie of the year here because I think he is going mm. to be the most polished and NBA ready offensive player and who wins rookie of the year every year mostly is the guy who puts up the most points. So I, I right. we might have a little mini pod talking about bets on this. This will be a little fun thing, but I think Obi Toppin is staring at you in the face for a potential rookie of the year candidate that you might want to look at the odds at when they come out. Yeah, I smash this. Um, I think he is just a solid player. I know people are against his age and they mostly mention because he's an older player, but I think that right now 
he is going to come out and look like one of the best players, if not the best player, like you said, due to him just being a little bit older, more mature, knowing his game well. He can shoot. He can play well. And so I think that you are correct. We're going to possibly have another one if we have a chance to uh, do this again um, once we kind of get a feel on all these uh, draftees coming out. He could actually grab the rookie of the year, and I would put some money on it. Ooh. But, yeah, I, uh, I agree. <laughs> Good. Sixth pick. All right. This is where we might really start to deviate here. Potentially. Ooh, I'm ready to deviate. <laughs> the Atlanta Hawks. With the number six pick. In the 2020 NBA draft, the Atlanta Hawks select Onyeki Akungwu <laughs> out of USC, oh, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, let's deviate, baby. Oh, it's time this to This gentleman put up 16.2 points, 8.6 rebounds, and 2.7 blocks. He is a Paul... Paul. He is a power <laughs> forward out of USC, and he is very athletic and explosive. And I think if you put him paired with a Trey Young, they can use a little size. They have a need for a small forward, power forward type, and they can go big or small. And I think adding him. Um, I think fits in right away, and so I don't. I know people have kind of rumored putting point guard onto this team, such as a Killian Hayes, uh, Tyrese Halliburton. I just don't think that's the right fit. I think you got to keep the ball in Trey Young's hand, and so with the the number six pick, I'm going to go ahead and give them somebody with a little bit of size. I think he has a pretty high ceiling, and so with that, Anyeki Akungwu. So I I like the pick, even though they have Capella and Collins. I like the pick. But, All right, that's it. But we're done. I, cool, thanks. I pass <laughs> on the player, and I even went as Whoa. far to do some some fun research for you, which I will get to your, get to you in a minute. <laughs> which I I think you will Nerd alert. I think you will enjoy this. Six nine elite shot blocker, offensive rebounder. But no offensive upside besides that. Like, he's an offensive rebounder to me, and he's the hustle guy. Great. Um, Like, in my comparison to him, I I compared him to a guy that's already on the team in Clint Capella. Like, he is that kind of player to me, and I don't know how you watch him and see how he has zero offensive game and just think he's the best big in this draft because it's so backwards to me. And it actually kind of made me mad. This is why I looked up this nerd alert stat. Um, Nerd alert. So I was just curious, and he's 6'9", a more undersized center, would you say? It's not like this man's yes. going to be playing a stretch four or five. Like, he is a center. So, I decided to look. Over the past decade, 
players that were drafted in the top 10 that measured very closely to Nkongwu in height and uh, like weight. And strictly taking the top 10 over the past decade, I want to read this list off to you. If you would say this is a successful choice to take a center like this or not. Okay? Here are the players who have been drafted in the top 10 similar undersized centers that are purely centers in the NBA. Derek Favors, Epk Udo, Mm. Tristan Thompson, Bismack Biombo, Thomas Robinson, Andre Drummond, Noah Vonley, Jaleel Okafor, Marquise Chris, Wendell Carter Jr., and Rui Hachimura. <laughs> hey, Rui's good. <laughs> it's his first year, but he compares. Just... And Rui has more of an outside game than what Okonkwu has. Right. So Very much so. Besides Andre Drummond, does the history of this kind of size pick, and maybe Wendell Carter Jr., we don't know. We just keep giving Wendell Carter Jr. chances. You know, because he's with Boylan for the first <laughs> right. two years of his career and been injured. But besides Andre Drummond, this is always a bust pick in a top ten. Yeah. So my my argument is save yourself a pick. Save yourself the salary. And just pick somebody and shoot the ball or do something on offense. So this is why I pass. Yeah, I agree. I am so off of Kongwu. Um, that I, I just, he is my for sure fire bust. Like he is 100% a bust yeah. and I will, I, you're not going to change my mind. I don't care if he's like an eight time all-star. I'm still going to think eventually he's going to be a bust. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but that really threw off my board. So now I have to readjust a little you're bit. You're welcome. Um, but with the seventh pit, the Detroit Pistons are just kind of kicking themselves. They're so happy. They have a choice of guards that they want. But I have them taking one Killian Hayes here. 6-5 guard from France. Lefty. Not a super great athlete, but has really good vision. Really high upside to me, but he is very left-hand dominant, which I think is fine. The only problem is, if you're so left-hand dominant, I mean, you've got to be like James Harden-level efficient, right? To kind of be able to live off that. Um, So I don't think he'll ever be that, so I think he's going to be more limited on an NBA team. But I think he's going to be a very interesting pick-and-roll if the the three-point shot develops, which I wouldn't see why not. His shot looks great. Uh, but he does turn the ball over quite awful lot. So, and that was against lower competition. Whenever they play good competition with, you know, elite athletes, he struggled and turned the ball over a ton. So everyone in the NBA, for the most part, is that. So I don't know if you can kind of project that for him for his future, but I think he is going to be a developmental type player, which I think is perfect for the Pistons because – they're doing all sorts of development. So they can give this guy time. <laughs> they can give this guy time to make mistakes. Now, I don't know how long they'll give him, 
but he will be able to make his mistakes and hopefully grow. And if he just can't get past them, obviously they'll move on. But I really like Killian Hayes. I think he'll be a solid NBA rotation player. Yeah, so I think he has the potential to be the best player in the draft. Mm. Just bar none. His ceiling is very high. He is the most consistent player. He is 6'5", 195 already. He's going to put on some weight. He's going to define his shot even better. And you're going to see him mature over the first three years, leaps and bounds over some of these other players. He might be behind early on, trying to get his, you know, his feet underneath of him. But this guy is a player who can actually be a sure-fire all-star. And if he goes to the Pistons, which I hope he does, I think he'll have the potential to actually be their starter. And maybe this actually speeds up their rebuild and puts them that direction instead of continued, continuously hanging on to Blake Griffin. So I hope this happens because I think this is what the Pistons need. I have no ties to the Pistons. I don't even really like them. Right. But I do like Luke Kennard, Dookie. <laughs> and I think that Luke is actually a very good player. I think Killian Hayes would be a very good player. They'd be a pretty good combo. And I just hope that, you know, he lands here because this would be a good spot for him. Mm. Ooh, Pistons on the come up. Here we go. <laughs> With the eighth pick, the New York Knicks. With the eighth pick in the 2020 NBA draft, the New York Knicks select Cole Anthony. Uh. <laughs> out of what? the University of North Carolina. You did it. You completely busted my draft. <laughs> this gentleman is an elite scorer. This gentleman concludes the draft because we cannot recover from this. 6'3", 185. Was a really good scorer in college. Some call elite scorer in college. Had issues just kind of staying healthy at different times. But for the most part, nothing serious. Pretty much carried North Carolina in an ACC division. That was pretty good. Carried them to be a decent team in this division. So I think that they go after Cole Anthony here. You can put him next to R.J. Barrett, along with some of the power forwards they have. The only way that they don't go after a point guard is if they grab Russell Westbrook. So this could be busted in a few hours, <laughs> whenever you're listening to this. But um, Greg Anthony, his father, played for the Knicks. So I think because you know we're we're in this you know COVID time, I think they trust themselves and go after somebody who can be a scorer, which you can't teach, and just kind of put him right next to RJ and let them just cook. So. What do you think, Mr. Meadows? I, my brain is broken because I I don't even well, think he's you're welcome. I don't even think he's like the third best point guard in this class. 
or the Get fourth out. best point guard in this class, and you have him going this the second best point guard in this draft. There's Tyrese Halliburton still on the board, and uh, Kira yeah. Lewis Jr. And you go with Cole Anthony. Kira Lewis Jr. is uh, Kira Lewis Jr. First of all, is overrated, very overrated. Pass. And you Paths. love him, and we all know. But Kira Lewis Jr. is overrated. Tyrese Halliburton's okay. He's a good passer. He has to be. A, kind of has a weird shot. So I think you need a little swagger. You put some swagger in New York with Cole Anthony. That is a hard pass because you've just saddled the well, Knicks with another six-year rebuild with Cole Anthony. I think Cole Anthony has peaked. Yeah. I think I don't think he's no. I don't think he's going to be any better than what he was at UNC, and that was trash. So I have not. You couldn't be more. Wrong, I am so. not a Cole Anthony person at all. That's I, okay to be I wrong. <laughs> it's totally fine. If he goes a, I, someone's drunk. Someone is drunk. I maybe it's you. Maybe you. <laughs> Maybe you're the one that's drunk because I'm not, and you might just be because he's going to go to New York Knicks. I've called it for so long, Cole Anthony, to New York. Had to stick with your gut. I just he would have probably been a top eight pick twenty years ago, but in this new NBA, I just I I absolutely do not see it, and I uh, that's a hard pass for me. Uh, and now I had to shift my whole board because that really screwed me up. Uh, with the ninth pick, <laughs> the Washington Wizards were who I originally had Okongwu going. Uh, but I will have them take a, another power forward who is rising on mock drafts. I'm not really sure why he keeps rising on mock drafts because I'd I, I'm actually not really in love with this player at all. I guess people are going purely for the potential. Um, and people, I guess, feel like he has a high ceiling. But to me, anytime you get one of these players like this and they keep rising the boards and they didn't really show anything even in their first year of college, they're a bust to me. So I'm not high on this player, but it's Patrick Williams from Florida State University. Not a very star-studded freshman season. Um, I I don't even know if he even started for them or if he was more of a bench player, but um, I think he gets this little bump here because he has a body of work when he actually played and has just risen up boards because people see the talent of him being able to guard, you know, three different positions. He might be able to develop a jumper, Um I'm just not. I just don't see it. When this happens to players like this, they usually just never seem to work out like teams expect them to. So, yeah, why wouldn't it be the Wizards to do this? So, uh, Patrick Williams, <laughs> Wizards, smash or pass? I'd say pass. You are ready with the uh, the the. Uh, I don't even can't even think of what they're called. The little noises. Um, <laughs> uh, whatever. That's a, it's called soundboard, yeah. but um, we'll sound it's by. available. Yeah. Uh, but I I have some. Don't worry. Uh, and with that one, that is a reach. And if you're a GM, 
you just got thrown off because you don't know what to do. There's been different picks than you imagined, and I'm staying on my course. And so with that, your reach, you pick Patrick Williams, who I had going 19th to the Nets. Woo! He, he's not going to last that long on the board. He's my, he might go top 10, and I want everybody to be prepared for that. Well, just like Kara Lewis, a little overrated. Do you know where I had right. him originally? <clears throat> Uh, 12 to the Kings. I originally had him going 7th to the Pistons. Oh, really? That's way too high. I ha- You're drunk. I had Killian Hayes going to the <laughs> Hawks. No. And then you took Okongwu, so I bumped Killian to the Pistons and bumped Patrick to the Wizards. I think Patrick Williams yeah. could go that yeah. high to the Pistons. Nah. But you're about to like this oh, one. Lord. You ready for it? Uh, this is going to break my heart. Who's the worst player in the draft for you to select? For? With the 10th pick, the Phoenix Suns select. In the 2020 NBA draft, <laughs> the Phoenix Suns select. Tyrese Halliburton. Hey, we have the same pick. Thank you for not destroying my board again. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I just don't I I don't think that um Okongwu is better than these other players that we picked. Um like I said, I think Killian Hayes is one of the best players, if not the best player in this draft. Tyrese Halliburton is very good. But when I look at fits, I look at chemistry and style of play and all that kind of stuff, and that's why I put Cole Anthony in New York. I think Tyrese Halliburton actually is best fit to go to Phoenix where he can rely on somebody like Devin Booker. And so um, Tyrese Halliburton has, I guess, what you really need in a true point guard. And that is he's 6'5". He's right now 185 at Iowa State. He's got size, passing, shooting. He just has a weird, funny shot. That's okay. He can refine it, but it goes in. So I don't know how much you, you know, tweak with it. So with that, I say Tyrese Halliburton, Phoenix Suns. I have nothing to add. I absolutely smashed this pick. I I think he's going to be a very steady, solid player for a long time that every NBA team is going to want and is a career art to me like Malcolm Brogdon has. With the Pacers now, wow. just like a super smart cerebral player who is just steady, like always going to give you fourteen to yeah. seventeen no matter what. Moving on, number eleven. This guy falls all the way to the San Antonio Spurs, which a lot of people had kind of projected as a top four or five talent in this class. And the Spurs look out again, and they draft Mister Isaac. Okoro, freshman out of Auburn, mm. 6'6", 225 pounds, averaged 13 points, 4 rebounds, perfect role piece for an up-and-coming team. Wasn't really considered a one-and-done out of high school, but it's a weak draft, so I don't know how much of that factored into that. Like last year's draft, or even like Luka Doncic's draft, is he in, picked in the 20s? Probably. Um didn't really yeah. do much on offense, at least impact-wise, for Aub- Auburn. 
but really showed up in every other facet of the game. So I think he has a super high offensive ceiling, and if he completely attains it, I see him as like a Jimmy Butler-type trajectory. But um, he's more so of immediate like defensive stopper. And if his offensive game doesn't flourish, then he's just kind of like an NBA journeyman. But this is a perfect pick for the Spurs with all the wings, young wings they have, can kind of grow together. Obviously, the Spurs will give him time to develop. And it's perfect for him to go into that developmental system. Maybe you get, you know, a Kawhi-ish light type talent out of this. This is a pure talent play. What do you say? Smash or pass? The Spurs taking Isaac Okoro. Yep, I would smash it, and I think that's a very good pick. Um, wasn't exactly the direction I thought you were going to go, so I will say that is a very, very good pick. So smash to you, my friend. 12th, Sacramento Kings. Whoa, like this one I'm kind of nervous about. I don't know what to do. Uh-oh. But... <laughs> Fire up the old Adam Silver. <laughs> <laughs> With the number 12 pick in the 2020 NBA draft, the Sacramento Queens select Precious Achua. Oh, my gosh. Out of the University of Memphis. Why? Why? Why did you do this? Is there something wrong? Like I think Why? that's a very good pick. Why did you do this? Explain yourself, sir. He, yeah. So he is a player that can shoot well enough. You know, in the mid range, he has athleticism. He can play multi positions, and I think with a team that really kind of needs a little bit of size, I don't. They're struggling right now. They have a lot of shooters. They have a very good um, point guard. So I think you they need a little bit of size. And though even though he's undersized for being a center, him being a power forward and kind of fitting into that mold, 6'9", 225 already, his ceiling is very high. So I give them Precious Achua. See, I don't know how to feel about precious achua at all um because obviously you know feel feel good being a uh, hometown team i am actually going to pass this because i don't like it for the kings um i see i had them taking a shooter here i i originally had them taking aaron nesmith to kind of replace buddy Hield, you know and they get rid of him um but i with Marvin Bagley there and um, just kind of like the rotation of centers, I, I wouldn't understand the fit so much for them. I get why you'd take the upside, but to me, like the Kings are going to take a guard, but with Precious, like he is pure energy. I don't think he has any kind of offensive game at all. To me, he's very similar to a Kong Wu in that fact. And I just like he like is his best case scenario Montrez Harrell, like that might be kind of like his role, like that's what he kind of could be. That's um, okay, but he is going to have some cool offensive rebound dunks. 
but I hope he succeeds. Always going to root for a Memphis Tiger. <laughs> right. But I well, if you look at uh, if you look at their team, um, they're going to have really just one big guy under contract, and that is Marvin Bagley, who's six eleven, who you put as the center. You move in Preston Chu into the power forward position. You have Harrison Barnes there, which is fine. De'Aaron Fox. If you say you're going to get rid of um, Buddy Hill, then you bring in another shooter for you know maybe cheaper. But that's really all they have. Alex Lynn gone. Harry Giles gone. They, I think you, I think you don't realize what they're pretty much getting off their uh, their roster. That's fair. And so now I look at I, I think yeah. with all those players, yeah, all those players are gone. I think that actually allows Marvin Bagley to be a, an athletic center because right now they had Marvin Bagley playing forward, and he's just not as athletic as these smaller players who are six seven six eight as a power forward. Now he's six eleven center, and so much more athletic than the other centers in the league. So. This actually allows them to go a little bit smaller, and this is, I think, puts them in a right uh, position. So that's the reason I went with um, a power forward over a shooting guard. Yeah, now that I look at the roster, you can talk me into that. I, I actually will like it, but I'll pass yeah, on the player. Um, 13th, we're getting yeah, towards yeah. the end of the lottery here. After we get the lottery, people might be wondering why we're taking such a long time with these picks. Um after we get past the lottery, we'll do the latter half of the draft or the first round a lot faster. We're only doing the first round, okay? So hold in there. Hold on for this. We will we yeah. will move a lot faster, just kind of one-line things, just mainly smash or pass. But want to talk more about the lottery for sure because there's definitely some interesting players that can have huge fluctuations. So kind of want to give more of an explanation on why we've taken so long on them <laughs> so i'm sure people are kind of wondering right. like oh my gosh 17 more picks to go how am i gonna do this um <laughs> but 13th pick the new orleans pelicans i have them taking purely a talent play here this might bust your board but i have them taking mm. rj hampton overseas excuse player me. excuse me <laughs> <laughs> pedestrian it's my turn to bust my turn to bust your board and make you have to readjust everything like i've had to do four times i have so many scribble out on my page um hmm. i'm still looking for him <laughs> you don't even have him on your paper <laughs> oh he's down there all right he's down in the 20s uh might be the most athletic um player in the draft besides anthony edwards seems like he's still growing to me he has great playmaking potential i've kind of coined him as a baby westbrook type um better at driving and kicking right now not really much of a shooter but he has shown that he has an actual shooting stroke so he's been working with mike miller obviously mike miller will get him right he will need to go to a team that will be patient with him not going to help right away but he has kind of like a Will Barton-type trajectory to me, and I think he could potentially be the steal of this draft. And if you're the Pelicans, I think he's a perfect fit for what they're trying to do. I think Stan Van Gundy will love him. 
and I think it's a great talent play at 13. Smash or pass? Pass. Ooh! I think there's other players. I think there's other players that you can take um, with this pick. And so I think you definitely pass on this just for the simple fact that I, I just I don't think he's ready. I don't know what they're doing. I, I think I would have went with point guard at this position. I really do. Okay. And I would have chose somebody else. And I I think the uh, in the end the Celtics benefit. I I actually it's funny you say that because originally before I changed it before we got on here I had Kara Lewis Jr. and I changed it to R.J. Hampton. Mm. So we kind of had the same thinking there well, on point guard. But well. With the 14th and final with the pick, 14th pick in the lottery. The, the Mem- Boston Celtics. The Memphis Grizzlies. Oh. oh. <laughs> well, they don't need a point guard. So we're going to put this point guard somewhere else. But with the 14th pick, the Boston Celtics You're gonna do it in to the me NBA again. 2020 draft. You're going to do it to me again. Kira Lewis Jr. Jesus. Lewis Jr. Uh, I, no, he's not a junior, is he? Yeah, he is. Is he a junior? Yep. I think he's I think he's a junior. Okay, cool. Why uh, in the world yeah, I, would I think, you take uh, a point guard for the Celtics? So they don't really have a backup point guard. And they have Kimba Walker, who they have paid way too much money to. They have plenty of good playmakers, plenty of good shooters at the moment. And I think in the end, they're going to want to get away from Kimba Walker and his contract. And so I think go ahead and get in a point guard for the future. That way you're able to push away Kimba to pay the other players and not pay Kimba Walker. I think that Kimba Walker is actually dealt in this trade season before this happens because they see so many point guards that would be cold i think they get rid of kimba and try to bring in somebody else so boy that would be um yep so Kier lewis jr here at 14 with the celtics i'm actually gonna smash it because i like Kier lewis i don't like the fit but i like Kier lewis so i'm gonna smash it (laughs) yeah all right, we have gotten out of the lottery, so let's start moving a little quicker here. You might start hearing rustling of papers as we furiously try to figure out how we're going to adjust um, our big right. boards. Uh, but with the 15th pick, I have the Orlando Magic taking a player that I'm super high on, and that's Sadiq Bay. I think he is one of the going to end up being one of the better players in this draft. There's always a hidden gem in the mid teens in this kind of weak draft. And I think Sadiq Bay is the diamond in the rough. And I think he's a perfect fit for what the magic look for. They always look for a, you know, a rangy kind of wing. That's three and D loving. Cause he's been Nova player. This is my guy, Sadiq Bay smash or pass. Smash. Smash. That's an easy one. Uh, Sadiq Bay, very good. Uh, Good pick. I had him and two others uh, available to the Magic. The other two are available to the Blazers. So, (laughs) 
with the 16th pick in the NBA Draft 2020, the Portland Trailblazers select the best 3 and D player in the draft, Devin Vassell out of Florida State. This, I'm smashing. Very good. I'm smashing this. Yeah. This was my adjusted board after you screwed up my pick earlier. So Devin Vassell <laughs> had to slide down my board. Um, I can't even remember where I had him yeah. at. I think I had him at the Celtics at 14. Uh, I guess it wasn't a big slide, but I had to adjust a little bit and work all the players around. But I smashed this. Why do you like Devin yep. Vassell? I think he's just um, what every team really needs. Somebody who can um, honestly shoot it from long range as well as be able to play very good defense. Usually these guys are, these shooters are not very athletic. And when you come across somebody who's athletic enough to play good defense and shoot three-pointers and kind of shoot from long range, you have to uh, kind of make them very valuable players uh, to you. So I, that's why I, I, I like him. He played well at Florida State, also an ACC team. Definitely a smash for me. I like Devin Vassell as well. 17th pick, Minnesota Timberwolves back on the clock again via trade with the Nets. I have them taking widely considered the best shooter in this draft because after they took their point guard, they're going to need to stretch the floor for him, and that's Aaron Nesmith, who I actually had going much higher to the Kings at 12, like I said earlier, to replace Buddy Heald, who will be moved on some soon. Um, but he falls all the way to Timberwolves, and I think they're ecstatic to have him at 17, just a pure shooter. Season was cut short at Vandy, but before his injury, he was shooting like 53% from three and was having outrageous games. Had a you know incredible average of like 24 points a game in the six games he played or whatever it was. Yep, smash uh, very much. He was a great player at Vanderbilt. The only issue was he broke his uh, foot or had that foot injury. That pretty much just kind of took a season away. Uh, but before then, he was lighting it up. He was killing And so easily, yeah, easily I would take him if, there. So if you wouldn't have taken them there, I was going to take him with the Mavs next. Yeah, if you're bored and just want to look at some of his box scores, I mean, they're they're stupid. They're like seven for nine from threes in some of these games. <laughs> they're just stupid. But anyways, 18th pick, Dallas Mavericks. You're going to... It's going to be real awkward. I'm not. It's going to be real awkward if some reason it doesn't pick up any of that audio the entire episode. It's just like this weird pause of me laughing. Oh, <laughs> it's it, it's picking it up. We're good. We have never tried this out. So just so y'all are all aware, if it doesn't work, it's my fault. But with the number 18th pick. I'm ready to change my board in up. the NBA draft. 2020 draft. Because I know you don't have this player. The Dallas, the Dallas Mavericks select Vernon Carey Jr. Out of Duke University. Big man game. And he hustles a lot. He also can shoot long range. He is... Even though I am a huge Duke fan, he is a very underrated player in this draft. People have not talked about him enough. He was one of the top players that was in this class. And 
kind of fell down the board a lot. And so with that, I think the Dallas Mavericks need someone with size. And so I give them Vernon Carey Jr. I, uh, I'm going to pass on this basically because I, uh, it worked out easily for me for moving on my board because I did not have him going in the first round. That's okay. You're wrong. <laughs> so I'll smash on it. I'm, I, I, I I'm going to admit, I don't know overly a ton yeah, about you're a him. Guy. Um, I don't right. like, he's projected to go first round, but I just don't see it from him. Like, cool. Like he can shoot outside now. Um, but he just kind of, looks and body wise looks like Jaleel Okafor to me. So yeah, I'm just gonna kinda No I'm just gonna kinda lean on that for my and I'm gonna pass. But Yeah, sure. You're wrong. Cool. Uh number nineteen. The Brooklyn Nets take Alexei Pokusevsky. Seven foot one guy. Oh god. Um I think he's Why? ultimately a bust. Uh, but I think the Nets are going to be absolutely capped out. So <laughs> maybe this is a draft and stash type player uh, that they don't have to bring over right away, potentially. Or if not, he's potentially a shooter off the bench, which is something that the Nets are going to really need someone who can stand around the perimeter and hit threes. And he's seven foot one, rail thin, but. These rangy type players usually get a look, so why not take the high upside here if you're the Nets? So you can have KD and Pokusevsky yep. on opposite sides of the court from you. Yeah, that's a pass. <laughs> just gonna nice and easy. Don't know a lot about him. I've heard about the, how he's just gonna be so good. Nah, I'm gonna pass. If I haven't heard of him in just a ton. I'm gonna pass on just because I just don't believe some of these guys that come over can kind of fit in with this NBA. So pass on that one. So let's move to the 20th pick, the Miami Heat. <laughs> with the number 20 pick. It's still funny in the to NBA. Me. I don't know. It's, it makes me laugh every time. <laughs> <laughs> in the NBA draft, the Miami Heat pick. Tyrell Terry out of Stanford. Uh, okay. That's okay. I uh six three point guard. A little small. <laughs> a little small. But I think he's a very good player, and something this team needs is point guard type player. Um I don't know what they're going to do for that position. Um, and so I think go ahead and grabbing somebody this far down the draft who could be a starting point guard for you in the, in the future um, after you sign a free agent or uh, somebody coming back to you and, you know, Gordon Drogic. So I just don't know if you sign him on a long-term deal. So that's why I smashed this pick. I like Tyrell Terry. I mean, I, I didn't get why he's getting the Steph Curry comps. Duke can absolutely fill up bucket from three. So I'm really interested to see it. And I love pairing him on this heat team with a, uh, all the young shooters that they have. So I think it's a great pick by the Heat. I smashed that one all the way. Huh. Um, 21 with the 76ers. I have them taking this shifted now because I had Tyrell Terry 
going here. I want the 76ers to get the shooter, but I have them adjusting for Tyrese Maxey from Kentucky. And he is a microwave scorer who may be not a great decision maker right now, but has the potential to be an interesting scoring threat as a third or fourth banana. So don't think he's overly quick first step, but he has a good flutter game. The question making, the uh, decision making is the question mark. So we'll kind of see. I think he's getting, hmm. I think he's getting the old Kentucky Wildcat bump because of Tyler Harrow, and usually that doesn't happen in back to back drafts with completely different players. So I would actually lean on more of the side of him ultimately being a bust because it just doesn't work out like that every year for Kentucky guys. So, but Maxi is worth a look here for the Seventy Sixers. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like it. Uh, smash for sure. I think that you know, like you said, microwave score. I just don't know that he's proven enough yet. But I think it, he has the potential to prove it. And putting him on a seventy sixers team, you know, that needs shooting. So uh, why not? Good pick. Number twenty two, the right. Denver Nuggets. You're back on the board. Bring up Mark Tatum. <laughs> With the number 22 pick in this NBA draft, the Denver Nuggets select Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain. Yep, so uh, shooting guard out of TCU. He is a little long in the tooth, a little older of a guy. That's okay. 6'5", 220, and you can't teach that. (laughs) <laughs> but you can work it out in the gym. Well, yeah, you can do that, but I'm just saying. <laughs> but you, you can't can teach size. juice it up. <laughs> hey, no. <laughs> let, let him go, baby. Let Bane cook. I, uh, I smashed this pick. I love Desmond Bane. I think he's one of those steals. I actually think he might not last to 22. I think he's going to get a weird look in the mid-teens from someone. I have no idea who. But I would not be shocked if the Celtics, if they happen to keep their picks and don't trade all three of them, I would not be shocked for him to go 14th to the Celtics. Would not be shocked. Um, But I like that pick. Good pickup for the Nuggets. I like the fit. Number 23, the Utah Jazz. I have them taking um, the biggest risk and bust liability in this draft. But this is pure talent play. Jaden McDaniels from Washington. Wow. Not very high on McDaniels at all. Had a terrible season at Washington last year. I don't know how much of that is playing style um, or the coach or if it's purely this kid was just uh, looked like an athletic freak in high school. So um, don't know if he's hit his ceiling. Kind of think he has, but... You're the Jazz. You need something to shake it up because the rest of your team is pretty boring and pretty slow. So why not roll the dice here, get you an athletic big guy who might be multi-versatile and be something interesting potentially off the bench for you because you need a little versatility. Yep, I like it. I'll, uh, I'll smash it, but I don't know tons about him. So I'm not going to lie, I don't know, you know, 
all the ins and outs. But I do know he's a he's a good player, and so with that, I'll kind of finish at that. Twenty four, the Milwaukee Bucks. Ring it up. In the NBA draft, <laughs> with the twenty four pick, the Milwaukee Bucks need a second. <laughs> not ready he did not know what to do after jay mcdaniels <laughs> boy you on it with them the ringer app noise <laughs> would you hold on i'm trying to make a presentation here <laughs> i was ready josh green <laughs> shooting guard out of arizona this is fantastic this is exactly who i had here I was ready. I just had to figure out when I could use my Jeopardy soundboard. <laughs> and this was the perfect time. R.I.P. Trebek. I just can't. Much love. Yeah. 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 Rest <laughs> in peace, my guy. But yeah, Josh Green out of Arizona, 6'5", 200 pounds. Dude, he's he has the body. He can shoot well. So, Josh Green. Easy enough. I like it. Smash it. This is also who I had here for the Bucks. 25. Yeah. Oklahoma City Thunder. I have them taking an international prospect, Theo Maladon, long, lanky guard. I think he's from France. Um, no, is he from France? Actually, I'm not sure. I'll have to look that up. I don't, he's from. He's yeah, an international so. player. I'm not sure exactly what the ceiling is on him, but he's a multi-positional player. So he's in the same mold as Shea Gilgis-Alexander. And I think this is just the way the Thunder see the league going with tall guards. Uh, so I see them loading up on that. And obviously they're going developmental. So why not take a shot on a European developmental player? So I have them taking Theo Maladon here. Yeah, I like it. Um, he was high on the board. I don't know a lot about him. So that's why he kind of dropped on mine, kind of exposing the fourth wall here. Um, but I do think that the position is what they need to go for because um, I think that them getting off of Chris Paul is just soon to be had this week. So he'll probably be gone by the time you listen to this. Who knows? <laughs> Number 26, but Boston with Celtics. with that being said, we got, we got him on the ball, baby. We almost there. All right. With the number 26 picked in this 2020 NBA draft, the Boston Celtics are taking. Are you ready yet? Daniel Oturo. Oh, that is out of surprising. Minnesota. I he's got size. He doesn't. He's not just your go-to seven-footer, but I think he has the size. Um, he's proven it when he played. Uh, for Minnesota, he was there for two years, and so I that's why I go ahead and go with him over maybe a power forward that they kind of have the size enough of. I think they need a big guy. I like this. I like Oturo. I actually had another big guy, Jalen Smith, going here to the Celtics, but I really like Oturo. Mm. I think he's very good, so I, I will smash this because I like that pickup. Um, 27th, the New York Knicks. I have them taking Malachi Flynn. 
the point guard from San Diego State. I think he's just a gamer. Yep. Can shoot well. And I think he will fit what the Knicks are trying to hopefully do. So I think this is a safe pick here that they should make. I like it. We'll smash that one. Um, and we can kind of keep going with these pretty fast. With the number 28 pick, it was going to be the Lakers. <laughs> Probably not anymore. Probably going to be Oklahoma City. But with this pick, I'm going to go ahead and take best player available, Jalen Smith Crap. out of Maryland, sophomore. Uh, I'm going to grab him right there. Like you just said about him, he has size, very good ability. So I'll take him there. I, have, I was just about to move him to another team. <laughs> you took him for me. <laughs> but this works out. Um, I'm going to smash this. I think that's a, it's a great fit for the Thunder. You might as well take the talent. With the 29th pick, I have the Toronto Raptors taking an international player who many have compared to be potentially the next Manu Ginobili? Question mark? Whoa. Surprise? Do you have any kind of noise on your phone that would go with that at all? Three cash, homie. 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 <laughs> <laughs> that is Leandro Balmaro. So I have the Ooh. Raptors. This is right up the Raptors alley. Wow. Um, dude, you stumped me. I've heard of his name, <laughs> and I know you like him because you've talked about him, but I don't have him on my board. Um, so, yeah, going to gonna go with uh, Smash. Huge, huge pickup. <laughs> Great pick. Great pick. You get to round it out, sir. All right. 30th pick. We made it. I don't know if anyone's still here except maybe our wives. But the 30th pick. My wife does not listen to this. (laughs) Get out of here. (laughs) With the last pick of the first round in the NBA 2020 draft, the Boston Celtics, who have other two other picks, and now they have the third one. There's no way they're picking all three. But if they did, the Celtics would pick Tyler Bay out of Colorado. This is phenomenal. This is exactly who I have. Tyler Bay. That's who I had at 30. Yep. What a pick. Practically a, practically a genius around here. Like, they should let me do this. Just let me pick it. What a great pick. pick. Smash that 100% just because we had the exact same pick. And also smash that <laughs> because we took the total time that it takes to do the entire draft on TV we took for our first round. So congrats. <laughs> <laughs> congrats to That's us. so sad. Congrats to us, Danny. We did it. First round. They have to take longer than they that. They do. But. <laughs> they have. Okay. I was about to say. I'm like, wow. We suck. We well, uh, we don't have any time for sleeper picks or rookie of the year prediction. We obviously have to do another episode talking about gambling stuff. That will be a lot shorter, I promise. Mm. Um, that will probably be an yeah. actual draft day thing so you can get your bets in in time. Um, do you have anything to plug, Daniel, before we go? Or are you absolutely ready for bed? Have you already brushed your teeth and everything? 
No, after this, I will go take my shower, brush my teeth, and put myself to bed. But uh, to plug, uh, as always, follow me on Twitter at Daniel Greer. Um, and then uh, we are sponsored by the Lead Sports Media. So follow them at the Lead SM. Also on the Locker Room app, every Thursday we have a show. Sometimes Ryan is there. If not, there's two other guys. Uh, but it's a show we call uh, Ball Don't Lie. It's presented by the Lead Sports Media. So there's going to be some uh, stuff that's happening. If you're a Grizzly fan, we're about to put out a draft, um, I guess an article that's going to kind of have everybody putting in for it, uh, that people that are writing for the Grizzlies, I'll be one of them. Um, and then uh, that's pretty much it. But um, if you can, download the Locker Room app. We have nothing to do with them. It's a very good show. Me and Ryan might actually hop on there at some point this week because it's an easier way to get uh, in touch with people uh, than actually downloading a full podcast and actually recording it. So uh, we haven't even talked about it, but I just uh, just a thought that we. That I was gonna say that's head. news so, to me. Uh, that's probably news to Ryan too. <laughs> yeah, but no, that's all I got. Follow us. Uh, but l- lastly, if you're still listening to us, awesome. Thank you. Uh, rate and review. Um, it's it's really quick. Five stars. Put something in there, just you know, that I sound like a genius with my new soundboard. So <laughs> yeah, thank you for sticking around. If you made it through this whole thing, then you have probably got the most in depth, most likely in depth talk about each player that anyone has done so far. Uh, so hopefully you enjoyed okay. it. But follow me at rdmos11 on Twitter. We're at Free Basketball Three. Like Daniel said, follow the lead and get on the locker room app it is fun to just interact with random people from all over the globe so it's a good time hope everyone enjoys the draft we uh i might actually break this into a two-parter i haven't kind of decided yet or if i should just make this one big massive one but um hope everyone enjoys the draft it'll be a lot of fun we will probably do a little mini gambling one draft day so be looking out for that everyone enjoy the trade uh, moratorium being over hopefully it is a super fun week in the nba till next time